This is Ros Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome, and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. So hello and welcome. This is Ros Jones of Bold Business Bits Podcast Show. And today I'm really delighted to be joined by Claire Cutler-Casey in the fantastic surround of Housham Mill. Hello, Claire. Welcome. Morning. So today we are um, social distancing outside, having our uh, conversation here in this beautiful part of North Yorkshire. So Claire, how did you come to be in North Yorkshire? Um, I moved up to North Yorkshire uh, about nine years ago. Had a serious car accident, lost my memory. Wow. Fortunately, a job came up up here and I thought, actually, it's probably easier to go and learn somewhere new than to try and remember where I was. Wow. So as part of the reconditioning and getting my memory back, I ended up in Yorkshire. And what a fabulous turn of fate that was. That's amazing. Wow. And we were talking earlier about the twists and turns of fate and things. So what, what uh, massive change in your life has happened since you decided to stay here? Well, everything, really. I came up here with a job. That sort of ended, you know, as things do. And I thought, well, actually, I've done all this training because I trained to be a traditional medicine practitioner about 15 years ago. And I thought, oh, let's do this and set out on my own and really haven't looked back since, to be honest. That's amazing. So it's obviously meant to be. I think so. Yeah. What was the healing that you did, the healing work you did? So I learned to be a kinesiologist. I got into that, say, about 15 years ago. Um, I had... When I was 21, I had major organ failure from salmonella. And that meant that I couldn't access conventional medicine. I couldn't take tablets and those sorts of things. So I was very ill. And How did you get salmonella? I got it from eating a poorly cooked chicken on a weekend trip to Belgium. Wow. So then I had to look for another way to heal. And through various routes, I was introduced to kinesiology. And it literally changed my life. I got my life back. Tell us about kinesiology. How does it work? It listens to your body and your system and gives your system a chance to enter the conversation. So rather than having to second guess what's happening, kinesiology uses a process called muscle testing, which is a biofeedback mechanism. So you can ask your system a question and give it the opportunity to give you some direction, some answers, so then you know if you're on the right track and how to get on the right track. Wow. That sounds very powerful. So, and, and that's, you, you turn that into a business? Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess, does that involve touch? Is that, is that something that you can carry on with now? I work remotely with people online. Basically, the sort of foundation training for kinesiology is called Touch for Health. So it's, it's a very interactive process. So I could do with social distancing and masks and gloves and all of that. We could work together, but that doesn't work for me. Yeah. That's too yeah. uncomfortable yeah. and messy. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's obviously an inherent danger in being close to people at the moment. Yeah. So I've taken all of my business online and I work with people remotely using kinesiology online. Brilliant. And uh, has there been a, um, a sort of a rise in awareness of, of this body-mind uh, connection? Have you noticed during this time? Um, not just in this time. I think people were getting more and more aware of the fact that how they thought affected how they felt and how they felt yeah. conversely affected how they thought. And that kind of, it's almost perceived as a vicious cycle. Mm. But if you can step in 
acknowledge the cycle and change it, then everything is up for grabs, really. The change is profound that can happen. Amazing. I actually happen to know that you've got other skills that you've managed to adapt into other areas of business in this time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I work a lot on Zoom. That's the platform that I use. And I had been working on it for four years, doing workshops for people all over the world. So when um, COVID and lock- first UK lockdown hit, I thought, well, this is a no-brainer for me. So I started taking my things online and I did an online healing festival with lots of other practitioners. And I thought, well, actually, there's lots of people out there who could take their businesses online, A, if they had the skill and B, if they had the support and the courage. So I've added an extra arm to my business, which is training other people how to take their businesses or aspects of their business online using the Zoom platform. So it's still very interactive. And so you mentioned courage there. This has been this is sort of like the strangest time for all of us, isn't it? And there, I've, I've noticed people, some people have just been a bit um, withdrawn and waiting for this to end. And some people have had to absolutely get out of their comfort zone and do something different. And that does take a lot of courage, doesn't it? Absolutely. And so what kind of, just a bit more detail about the skills that you've, if you, if you don't mind sharing, just other people might be interested, quite mm-hmm. frankly. What other things in particular do you teach people in order to get them online? What, what do they need to have more of, learn more of? Well, one of the things that I've created is a thing called a Zoom storm, okay. which is an idea cloud. So we get together with six other people. And you'll know this, Ros, it's always easier to have ideas about somebody else's business mm. than it yes, is about your own. Exactly. So six of us get together in a Zoom meeting, talk about your business and other people say, oh, you could do this, you could try this, how about trying this? And of course, then you go away enthused not only with ideas, but full of the fact that other people are interested in your business. It feels much less isolating. And obviously, you know how powerful it is to network and just connect with other people and have that opportunity to say, this isn't working for me right now. I need some ideas, I need some insights. And it's very easy to get stuck in a rut. So by teaching people how to use all of the functionality of Zoom, I literally see people's faces light up. Oh, I could do this. I could do that. And understanding how they can translate their businesses. Let's not forget, these are people who have already taken a very courageous step of starting their own business in the first place. Now, these people aren't sitting there hiding behind anything. They're just a bit scuppered by, I was going to do it this way. How do I do it a different way? So it is the courage to change, but not necessarily the courage to start. They did that. They've done that already. Yeah, that's right. It's very empowering what you do then, I'm guessing. Hugely. So, so how, how do people find out about more of your Zoom storm if they or getting in touch with you about getting their business online? Claire? Well, I keep everything simple. I do everything under Claire Cutler Casey. So my website address is clairecutlercasey.com. Funnily enough, I didn't have to fight for that name. <laughs> <laughs> and everything's on there, okay. really. Well, well, we'll have to encourage people to go on there and find out more. So, um, and what else in terms of the online stuff do you do? I also offer energy workshops. So right. I teach people aspects of how to take care of themselves, how to better understand what is happening for them and where that comes from. And I've just launched um, a new workshop, which is about teaching people how to do self-testing. Ah. So kinesiology uses muscle testing, which traditionally has two people involved in this time we can't do that Mm -hmm. so teaching people the protocols and the processes and the do's and don'ts of self-testing to me it's a natural progression it's saying you want to take care of yourself you want to have some better conversation with your body and with your system why not learn this 
And then on the back of that, of basically of my journey, really, I've also written a book. Ah. So I spent two years, it wasn't a, a quick fix, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I spent two years writing a book and it was due to be published in July, obviously because of coronavirus, it's all got pushed back a bit. But that's now published and out in the world. And that's called How to Live Deliberately. How to and Live Deliberately. Absolutely. Yeah, good. And that is about empowering people to make choices to live authentically. So to live in a way that works for them, to question their beliefs, their behaviours, the way that they do things and say, does this, actually, does this work for me? Yeah. Or am I doing this because it's how I've been told, it's what I've learnt, or because I've only ever done it that way? Yeah. And of course, once you help people to explore that, then they go like a shot out of a gun, you know. Yeah. And people are having amazing ideas, not only about how to take better care of themselves, but also about how to be different in the world yeah. and how to create the new normal. Because I think a lot of people are expecting that the new normal will just happen. Yeah. But it will take the pioneers to turn around and say, well, actually, this is what the new normal looks like now. Yeah. And then people can follow that and really yeah. get on board with that. Yeah. So this, your book, so congratulations. So uh, a kinesiologist, a, uh, a Zoom expert and an author. Yes. yes. So yeah. where, do we, where do we find your book? Is it just in all bookshops? Is it online? How do we get that? At the moment, the best way to get hold of it is through the website. Yep. It's just okay. to get in touch yeah. with me. I've got somebody working in the background. That, that's the bit I'm not, I'm not too keen on is the whole website thing. I'm yeah. sure there are quite a few people on that one. There are experts to do that kind of stuff. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So I'm very fortunate to have a lady who's helping me with that. And at the moment, I'm literally selling it to people yeah. one by one. Fantastic. I'd love to go around bookshops and say, here's yeah. a book I've got to sell. But yeah. at the moment, that just can't happen. Yeah. So it just using a, the, the usual channels, really. Yeah. It sounds a, a, a critical book to have. Fabulous. And so um, what's next for you, Claire? Uh, more of the same, I think. Developing more things. I also work for a women's charity right. in York, helping to extend their reach and reduce isolation and vulnerability for women who are feeling that. And obviously at the moment that's heightened. So it's just more of the same, really. I'm, I'm developing a new suite of business training, mm-hmm. which is around skills that I developed when I, because I worked before all of this, I worked in reinsurance. Right. So I worked okay. in Lloyds of London, which is one of the biggest reinsurance houses in the world. Yeah. And I had to develop a lot of skills around doing that. So things like negotiation, communication, business resilience, delegation, all those sorts of things. And again, I want to share those with people who are, they could be in big business, they could be in their own businesses, it matters not to me. But these are the sorts of skills that people feel you've either got or you haven't, but they are very learnable if you are taught them in a way that is accessible. So that's my next hit, really, is is to get those workshops out as well. So I love this. It's like um, everything that you've learned in your life, you're just taking the best bits of it and just passing it on to other people to help help other people absolutely and that's what I've always done yeah I think you're such a powerful example Claire of finding your purpose in life really thank you is to help each other isn't it really I think so and I I know people feel that competition is sometimes competition is king and I think well yeah but collaboration is queen yeah and where we work together you know you and I work in similar fields but I couldn't work with every single person on the planet and neither could you. It would absolutely destroy us and our businesses. So knowing that I can refer someone to someone else if it doesn't work for us together or there's closer or there's just a different uh, medium that they choose to work in, to me is really, really powerful. 
because it's it is about collaborating and sharing and building and building really solid foundations that people can then springboard from mm -hmm. rather than feeling that they have to go down a certain route. Yeah. And, you know, entrepreneurs, micro businesses, that's always been what it's about. It's about finding new ways yeah. to do things. Yeah. What would be your advice then, Claire? There's lots of people right now maybe being made redundant, losing their jobs and, and deciding to set up their business by themselves. What would be your sort of number one piece of advice to those people, do you think? I've thought about this a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, um, I'm not saying it's easy, but what I would say is make deliberate choices. Yes. Try to stand back and say, okay, I am the master of this ship. It doesn't feel like it right now, but actually I am. What choices can I make that will help me to progress? Not necessarily to get to the end point. We can't always see what mm. the end point yeah. is. But get involved in your own situation and say, okay, what choices can I make now that are conscious choices that will help me to move beyond the moment that I'm in right now, if it's, yeah. if, particularly if it's a struggle? Yeah, that's great advice. And I, I hear, hear what you're saying there. It's about making conscious choices. So... Lots of time, and I've been very guilty of this, it feels like a conscious choice, but actually you, when it's sort of starting not to feel so good, you realise it wasn't, it's not meant to be. Do you have some advice about helping people make conscious choices rather than perhaps doing what everybody else is doing or having pressure put on them to do things in a certain way? How do, how do we make conscious choices? I know we need to read your book, but <laughs> give us a tip now. We make them patiently. Mm -hmm. So we avoid the knee jerk. It's always useful to listen to the knee-jerk choice and to put that in the options and write that down and say, I could do that. And then sleep on it and say, wake up in the morning, say, yep, I could do that. Put your hands on your heart yeah. and connect with yourself and ask yourself the question, what do I want to do? What do I want out of this? And then give your system time, breathe, take a moment. If you give yourself a week to make choices, you will make much better choices yeah. because you aren't knee-jerking. Yeah. It's the thing I do when I go shopping. If there's <laughs> something I want, I'll go to the shops and I'll look and then I'll wait three days. If after three days, one of those things is still nagging me, I'll go and buy it. If I've forgotten about all of the things that I saw, then I know that they weren't the things for me. Yeah. And we don't live in a society of space and time and we live in a very almost immediate fulfillment, you know, yeah. I have to have it and I have to have it now. And the thing with making quality choices is allowing yourself the time, the space and the wiggle room for yeah. other ideas to come in. As soon as you've written down a whole load of choices and emptied your head, then a whole load more will come. And it's usually, as Terry Pratchett used to say, it's usually the second and third thoughts yeah. are the ones that we really get the, the gems from. Yeah, I love that. I think one of the things, so I've been in business a while now and one of the things that it took me a long time to learn, I said it, you know, you can say these things, mm -hmm. but actually doing it is different. I remember saying I was a, f a few months into my business and I remember saying to my business coach that I was learning patience because I was a very impatient person. I wanted results now. Absolutely. And a lot of us are very results driven, aren't we? And I, and I think also when you set up your business, you know, you need to provide, you want to prove to people that it's working, all those things can help make you become more impatient maybe than you even used to. But I think saying that, I think it was still a couple of years after that that I realised how crucial patience is and listening to your, to your inner voice, if you like. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I like that. So patience, you need patience to make deliberate choices. And yeah. entering into that review process mm -hmm. and 
one of the things that I did years ago, we used to have these smart goals and I, I made them smarter, quite literally. And I added evaluate on the end of it and reflect and review. Because if you are making decisions and at the end of the day, if you're running your own business, you're making all the decisions. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, micro business, self-employed, it's just you. And to be all of those people is really hard work. Yeah. So to gather information from people who've done it before, people are always happy to share their journey and what they've learned and, you know, what they wouldn't do again. Yes, definitely. You know, and always ask someone, say, you know, if you could change your journey, what one decision would you have made differently? People will always have, oh, I wouldn't have done this, I wouldn't have bought this at that time, or, you know, I wouldn't have yeah. bought stocks or shares in that, I would have bought a different printer, all different sorts of things. Be, give yourself the space to learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. So that you can make very different choices yeah. with as much information as it's possible to get hold of at the time. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? We do, so we say that we learn by making mistakes, but actually you can learn from other people's mistakes rather than going through that pain yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. History is a great teacher, yeah, yeah. but it's not if you don't open the book. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to forge on and do this my own way. We'll all be in Sinclair C5s with Betamax <laughs> videos, won't <Yeah>. we? <laughs> so Claire, my question then, based on what you've just been saying is, what one thing would you have done differently if you think back now on your journey? I'd have moved to Yorkshire 20 years ago. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, I can remember when I first moved here, I was angry. Not angry that I'd moved here, but angry that I'd never been here before. Yeah. I literally hadn't set, set foot in Yorkshire before I moved here. And when I got here, it's, a, it's such a beautiful place. And the people are, I mean, I've always lived in the southeast. I've got nothing against people in the southeast, but people in Yorkshire are something else. They're so welcoming. They're so kind. They're so helpful and so supportive. Like me, they're plain speakers, but that works for me. And yeah, I would have, I would have up sticks and literally come up here 20 years ago and had such a, just so much more time here, really. So that accident was definitely meant, it was, it was the bang that you needed, really, the big bang that you needed. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There is something about Yorkshire. I, I, I never set, I'd be, I lived in the southeast like you and, and we used to go on holiday to Scotland. So we obviously passed through Yorkshire, but we never stopped. So and it wasn't until my husband brought me here that I realised I had to be here too. So there is something about this amazing place. Claire, so thank you so much for, for telling us some of your story. There's so much more we could talk about right now. But if, if we could just say, if we can finish on just one thing, what's the best thing? So apart from Yorkshire, what's the number one thing that maybe you're so grateful for out of you know, your journey? Not that accident, something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's my resilience. I don't know where it comes from. I, I don't believe it's a thing that you're necessarily gifted with or not gifted with because at times I can be quite obstinate Mm -hmm. and you know a bit stubborn but the fact is I've always bounced back and I have been through some difficult things in my life and so it's not Pollyanna-ish you know I don't go through life go oh everything will be marvellous I do have my my difficult days just like everybody else does and I'm ever grateful for the fact that whatever it is the support of things bigger than me pulls me up by my bootstraps and says come on girl there's stuff to do yeah. And I get up and I get on. And that is obviously some kind of, it's a part of me. And I'm always grateful for that resilience gene. Fantastic. It, sh- it shines through you, actually, Claire. Oh, and it's you. just fantastic to listen to this journey about, you know, the, the healing hurt business that you have. Although you've still got it, how you've just managed to use that resilience to adapt and flex to help people in these times with the skills that you've got, which is just awesome. Thank you. 
So thank you so much, Claire. And uh, so people can go find more about you at clairecutlercasey.com. Yeah. And they'll find you things about your books, about your courses, everything on there. Absolutely. And there's loads of blogs on there about me and my journey as well. Fantastic. So that's definitely the place to be. Thanks so much, Claire. Thanks, Ross. In our conversation, Claire spoke about the importance of resilience in her life, especially at this time. Her ability to bounce back and get up and get on with things. Not everybody has this inbuilt ability to be resilient. So I thought I'd share here 10 tips I found on how to build resilience. Number one is make connections. And Claire spoke about the importance to her of being part of networks. So her Zoom storm, for example. Good relationships with close family members, friends or others are important. Accepting help and support from those who care about you and will listen to you strengthens resilience. Some people find that being active in groups is really important in reclaiming hope and helping others in their time of need also can benefit the helper. Number two, avoid seeing crises as insurmountable problems. We can't change the fact that highly stressful events happen, and that's really clear from this year, but we can change how we interpret and respond to these events. If we try looking beyond the present to how the future circumstances may be a little better, that can help. And note any subtle ways in which you might already feel somewhat better as you deal with difficult situations. This year, although it's been a challenging time, so many people have have noticed the opportunities that have arisen through this time. Number three, accept that change is a part of living. This too shall pass. We have ups and we have downs. It's a natural flow of life. Certain goals may no longer be attainable as a result of situations. If we accept circumstances cannot be changed, it can help us focus on circumstances that can be changed. Number four is move towards your goals. Develop some realistic goals. Do something regularly, even if it seems like a small accomplishment, that helps you to move towards your goals. So instead of focusing on tasks that seem unachievable, try asking yourself, what's the one thing I know I can accomplish today that helps me move in the direction I want to go? Number five, take decisive actions. So act on adverse situations as much as you can. Take decisive actions rather than detaching completely from problems and stresses and wishing they would just go away. Number six, we can look for opportunities for self-development, self-discovery. We often learn something about ourselves and may find that we've grown in some respect as a result of our struggle with loss. Many people who've experienced tragedies and hardship have reported better relationships, greater sense of strength, even while feeling vulnerable. Increased sense of self-worth, a more developed spirituality and heightened appreciation of life. Number seven, nurture a positive view of yourself. When we develop confidence in our ability to solve problems and trust our instinct, it helps build resilience. Number eight, keep things in perspective. Even when we face very painful events, if we try to consider the stressful situation in a broader context and keep a a long-term perspective, it can avoid blowing the thing out of proportion in the first place. Number nine, keep a hopeful outlook. When we have an optimistic outlook, it enables us to expect that good things will happen. So try visualising what you want rather than worrying about what you fear. 
And number 10, take care of yourself. Look after your own needs and feelings. As Claire said, put your hand on your heart and ask yourself what you really, really want. Take part in activities that you enjoy and find relaxing. Exercise is crucial. Taking care of yourself helps to keep your mind and body primed to deal with situations that need resilience. There's other ideas, of course. So some people meditate and have spiritual practices. But the key is to identify ways that are likely to work well for you as part of your own personal strategy for fostering resilience. So there's my 10 ways to help build resilience. I've loved doing this this show today and it was great speaking to Claire. Hope you go out and buy her book. Go At least go to her website, carecutlercasey.com. Thanks for listening to this and I'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with bold business bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening. Listener.